God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord. So last week, we were talking about barriers that are generational. So generational barriers. Hallelujah. And this is leading from what we were talking about during our special program concerning breaking through spiritual barriers. Hallelujah. Yes, and the aim, like I said last week, is not for you to go and and look for your ancestors or to get into necromancy where you will invite an ancestor to come and explain, a dead ancestor to come and explain why your life is the way that it is. That is not the point. The point is for us to observe the trend because if you follow cycles or repetitions, you are easily able to appreciate what is going on in your life. You find that wherever demonic activity is sustained, a cycle is created. So things will happen in a certain way all the time. Hallelujah. Things will happen in a certain way all the time. And when you monitor and you see the trend, then you can easily conclude what is going on. Now, it is important to know what is going on because without that knowledge, you will not even be aware that there is a battle to fight. Amen. Amen. And like Paul said, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against this. Okay. But there's a difference between knowing that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood and actually realizing in your own life what it is that is wrestling with you that you also need to wrestle back. So you can have this knowledge that, oh, there's demonic activity going on and there are devils that fight us and that seek to keep us away from the path that God has provided for us and the blessings that the Lord has called us to walk in. Okay? There's a difference between knowing that there are devils fighting you and knowing in your own life how these devils fight us. Hallelujah. Because the devils that fight us, they fight us on similar things. Even though the enemy fights us and the foundation of the fight is the same, each of us, we are not fighting the enemy at the same front. In other words, what you are battling with may be different from what I'm battling with. You understand that? Even though when we reduce every battle, it becomes a battle against selfishness and the love for the world. But 
Selfishness and the love for the world is not known except it is found in a certain way in the life of a person. Do you get it? So it manifests itself in a certain way. When you say selfishness, where is it? Do you see? It is in something. It is in a certain way. It manifests itself in a certain way. It is through that that we are able to see that, okay, this is what is happening. So whatever we fight, it differs from person to person. Do you get it? So to just know that the enemy is fighting you is not enough. You must also know the kind of fight that you are in, your own fight, what the enemy is fighting you on. You must also know it. Amen. My battles are different from your battles. There may be similarities, but specifically speaking, our battles are different. Amen. And one major reason why our battles are different is because of our genealogy. Uh, it's because of our genealogy. It's because of the generation that we are coming after. So everybody and their lineage. Amen. And when you read Genesis chapter 5, this morning I was mentioning it. Genesis chapter 5, the Bible talks about the genealogy of Adam. Now, the word Adam there is man, and specifically the man of the church. I know that when you read it, it's like, oh, the first man, but it's the man of the first church. Hallelujah. And that is why Adam is a generic name. Adam is not a name. Do you get it? It's not like a specific name. It's a generic name. It represents the man of the church. And when we see Genesis chapter 1, we see how God formed this man, which has to do with the formation of the first church, the formation of the first spiritual man that dwelt upon the earth. Okay? So now this man, we see the beginning of his fall. We see the beginning of the fall of the first men that were of the church. And that is what we see in the Garden of Eden, where the fall takes place. Now, that fall is not the fall of all falls. It is the beginning of the fall. Hallelujah. It is the beginning of the fall. So now we see when in Genesis chapter 5, the Bible talks about the generations of Adam. We see how the fall now continues from generation to generation. So the Bible here does not necessarily talk to us about the human beings that make up the generation, like I said in the morning. It is speaking to us about the fall in terms of how men now began to turn away from God. Amen. So the various states that men come into as they turn away from God. Small, small. So with Adam, there was a certain decline then the next stage of that decline comes and the next stage of that decline is represented by Seth. Where is that scripture? Let's go. The generations of Adam. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Verse 6. And Seth lived 105 years and begat who? Enos. So Adam produced Seth. Now Seth is another spiritual state. Do you understand that? another spiritual state, which represents a spiritual decline. That spiritual state also gave birth to another spiritual state, and that spiritual state is called Enos. Do you understand that? All right. Then when Seth lived, after he begat Enos, he lived 807 years, and he begat sons and daughters. You get it? It is because we don't understand the scriptures. That's why people read the scriptures, and people said the scriptures doesn't consider women. Do you understand? The scriptures also doesn't consider men. The scriptures considers God and our relationship with him. It is not about gender. 
Hallelujah. So we say, why is there men that are being spoken about and that the women don't matter? It's not even men. It's not Seth that we are talking about. It's the spiritual state that is represented by Seth. You understand that? Yeah, so please, if you're a feminist, please. Amen. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years, and he begat sons and daughters, right? So, you see, why are we not following the sons and daughters? Why is it like specifically on Enos? You get it? It's because something specific about the relationship of the people with God was being spoken about, their spiritual state. So, Enos represents a spiritual state. Then, Enos did what? And Enos lived 90 years and begat Kainam. So, this is another spiritual state that is after Enos. Do you understand that? Now, what we are looking at here is that the decline that started with Adam, okay, the tendencies of Adam was passed on to Seth. Do you understand that? And those tendencies, Seth also went on to, with those tendencies, confirmed himself in more evils. So the state that is represented by Seth is what was passed on from Adam and what set himself through what was passed on went on to confirm himself in. Please you understand that? So that state represented by set is a combination of Adam's state and then the further decline. Please you understand that? Then what is represented by Enos is a combination of Seth's state and the further decline that what is represented by Enos also brings. So then it's being passed upon. Don't think that after one generation or after one state, the next state is totally different from the previous state. No. And you see it in your own life that when you set yourself on the path of evil, one state follows another state. Without the previous state, the next state will not happen. That's how come we can know where you will land when we begin to see a certain behavior in your life. Because where you will land, even though it has not come, some things are happening. Some states are taking place. And those states, once they come, it will produce another state. And that is why we are warning you that this path that you are on, this is where it will lead you to. Please you understand that? Uh -huh. So when some states come, then some other states will happen. In the morning, I explained that when people separate love and truth from each other or faith and love from each other, then they focus on faith. Eventually, they come to the place where there is falsification of truth. You get it? So the reason why there is a danger in separating love and faith from each other and to see love as separated from faith is that it will eventually lead to the falsification of truth. So when we make noise, okay, that this is not how it's supposed to be, that there's a problem, you may see that, oh, there's somebody that has just made the mistake of separating the two, but the person hasn't turned out so bad. Do you get it? But what we see is the generations that this thing is producing. And those generations will be produced in that person with time, huh? and it will be produced in the society with time also. Please understand that. Like, for instance, when we say that the state of our nation, the way our nation is in a bad state, is the fault of the church. Somebody will say, What has the church done? Right? No, it's because of what the church is. When the church is in decline, it produces something. Do you see? So, when you see what has been produced, you have to go back to see what came that allowed for such a thing to be produced. And that's what the genealogies do. It shows us the state that is producing another state and the next state that will by all means produce another state. Do you see? So from Adam, the eventual state is Noah, okay, and the flood. That's the eventual state. That's the final decline. 
where then the flood comes in and removes everybody. This Noah represents the new remnant or the remnant that comes out of this destruction to begin a new generation. Okay, so when we speak of a new generation, it is not like, for instance, Seth is not a new generation. Enos is not a new generation. Do you understand that? These are not new generations. These are propagations of the old generation. But Noah is a new generation because Noah breaks that cycle and then begins something new. So if from Noah's time things become better, then there's an ascendancy. Do you get it? If things begin to decline, then it also declines to the point where then there is a problem and God has to step in again. So now that's what the generations represent. And because these things are passed on, as we are here, our generations are not the same. That's the point that I'm making. So what your father struggled with, what your mother struggled with, what your grandfather struggled with, what your grandmother struggled with, what your ancestors struggled with, which were passed on, passed on, passed on, that now you are here, it may be different from what my own passed on to me. Now, the key thing here is that it is not yours particularly. It is not yours till you have confirmed yourself in it. It is not yours. It is just a tendency. A tendency is something that is following you that if you give yourself the chance, you will fall into. Now, that's what the evils that are passed on. Now, here I'm speaking of the evils. The evils that are passed on from generation to generation, that is what they are with us. So you find that there's a certain inclination inside you towards a particular evil. Even though you have not given yourself to that evil, there's an inclination. And you find that when you grow up and you are of age, that is the first evil that the person who is growing up enters into. So when you come of age, you begin to exercise free will, the evils that you fall into immediately will become the evils that followed you as tendencies. Please understand that. Now, because these are tendencies, they are also backed by demonic influence. They are not things that are just hanging in thin air. If they were not backed by demonic influence, they will not even follow you as a tendency. So the demonic backing is there. And because of that, if you give yourself the chance, that is what you fall into. Amen. So that's how evil is passed. Evil is passed through tendencies. And because these tendencies are with us, when we give ourselves the chance, then we fall into it. Now, when you confirm yourself in those evils, then the evils no longer become tendencies. They become your personal life now. And no one is judged for the tendencies. Do you understand that? No one is judged. That's come, there's an error in the thinking that because we are all descendants of Adam, we are all going to hell. No. Other than that, children should also go to hell when they die, but they don't. And they are also descendants, right? Yeah, so the tendencies are not things that you are judged by. You are judged by the things you confirm yourself in. And this is how a person confirms himself in what is evil. He must love the evil, he must rationalize it, and he must do it. He must love it, he must rationalize it and do it. Rationalization is to justify it to yourself that it is a good thing, then you must do it. If there's no love, there's no rationalization, but there's an action, that action, you are not judged by it. It's an action that is born out of ignorance. And that is the state of children. Children have no capacity for rationalization of evil. And because of that, the evils that children may do, those evils are not counted against them. But when we come of age, we have the capacity for rationalization. And because of that capacity, we now confirm ourselves in the tendencies. And in such, we are judged by what we have confirmed ourselves in. Then it becomes our own. 
So you are not helpless in the tendencies that follow you in your genealogy. You are not helpless. You have free will. But because they follow you, you must know that these are tendencies that are with me. These are tendencies that are with me. And because they are with you, you are sort of used to them. Actually, the enemy is said that he always wants to be in your life as a friend. Okay, so the tendencies that we are used to, they are woven into us in such a way that we don't even recognize that this is an enemy to fight. So if we do not open our eyes to look at it, we may end up feeling like it's a part of us. Like for instance, some of us have anger issues, serious anger issues. Do you understand that? And you think that, oh, I'm just angry, maybe I'm a cocoa right? But you find out that it is a tendency that has been with you. And because it's a tendency, there's strong demonic backing. Please, you understand that? And so it's not something that you say, oh, let me leave it. No, it's not just once in a while that you got angry. When you get angry, it's like you are possessed. And because of that, you look at it differently. You don't say, oh, it's a normal thing. It has demonic backing. Amen. But at times, the enemy can weave it into your life that, oh, maybe a buffoon, a bad year. So it becomes something like, it's like a power you have. Yes, so when your Ebufo comes, we should all run away. Yes, so it's like you use it to control us. And someone was sharing a story of a lady that if you do something bad to her, something bad will happen to you. Do you get it? We And she was quietly happy with it. Because almost like then, God laughs at so much that if you do something, God will come after you, right? But it's demonic. And there are devils that are in her life. And you see how they have sneaked into her life. Now it's like she likes it. She thinks it's a powerful thing. So at times she may even warn you that, look, me, if you joke with me, I won't do anything, all right? I won't do anything. One day, somebody did not deal well with me. And then after that, something started happening. Okay. That thing in which the person didn't deal well with me, from there, the thing didn't work again. Do you see? So I was sharing with somebody that, oh, this is what the person did do. So what did they work? Eventually, I went and bought that thing. You see, and then I went really well with me in it. You know. As it didn't work, the person became desperate. So I sent small money and bought it. Do you understand? And brought it. And when I brought it, I did things and the thing worked. Do you understand? That? Okay, so I was sharing this story with somebody. And then the person was saying, that uh -huh, it's because the person didn't do well with you. right? That's why I said no. The thing just didn't work. You see, no, it, it's important for you to understand because this is how we acquire devils. You like to think that you are special and so God has dealt with the person on your behalf. But you don't know that it's your desire for revenge that is making you subscribe to this. You want God to get at that person because the person didn't try with you. Now that's evil. God taught us that we should not repay evil for evil. How do you think God will be repaying somebody evil? When God is teaching us that we should not repay evil for evil. So I was arguing that, no, it's not like that. The thing just didn't work. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? Yes, and this lady, this is how she also felt that, hey, if you do something against me, I will do this thing. God will come and do something bad will happen, maybe an accident, something. You fall into trouble, something will happen to you, you see. And it was a devil that was in her life. And she didn't go acquiring it. It seems to have been something that was passed on to her. Please, you understand that? And you see, now this is an enemy in her life, but it is posing as a friend. So the enemy, when he's in her life in this way, is always hiding and making it seem like this is us. There's some positive things to this 
evil that is with you. And so the enemy stays there. And then some of you have a lot of, like for instance, some of you have manipulative spirits that are with you, right? You are very manipulative and you know, okay? And you feel like that's how come you have been able to get ahead in life. So it's more like a blessing. You have favor. <laughs> you see, you have favor. So when you do, you're able to manipulate. So they are always giving you things and doing things for you, right? And you think it's favor, but it's manipulation. You have a way of serving yourself to those people and presenting yourself to their weaknesses. So they kind of respond to you in the way that they respond to you. Now that's demonic, you see, but the enemy in this way is hiding in your life as a friend. So when you think of this, you will not think of it as a bad thing, right? You think of it as one of the powerful tools God gave you for your life. Meanwhile, there's an enemy that is there. That's why the things that are with us, that we are battling with, we have to open our eyes before we will see them. Or better still, God has to open our eyes before we get to realize what it is that we are battling. God has to open our eyes before we get to know. But some of the things are so natural with us. And because they were tendencies, we stepped into it naturally. So it's not a new thing. Like your life is even, then something drastic happens. You say, ah, where is this new thing coming from, you see? But because we were tendencies, as we were growing, uh, when we were children, we exhibit those tendencies, right? So they become things we do as children. Then when we come into a state where we exercise free will, then we step naturally into them. Do you get it? Like for instance, some of us, it's a chronic illness, okay? We rebel against authority. So we are rebellious. If there's an authority in place, our spirit does not agree with the fact that there's an authority in place. Do you see? So even from childhood, that's how we've been. So if you had people like that in school, right? It's almost like there was an anointing upon their head to work against every system that is put in place. So something like this, when the child is going up, you find that the child becomes rebellious. When the child finds out that in society, such rebelliousness is not accepted, the child changes form, but they say rebelliousness. So that rebels in a way that is more agreeable to society, but that thing remains with the child as they grow up. So we step into these things naturally. We step into these things naturally, these evils. And because of that, when evils that must be overcome are spoken of, they are not mentioned. You see, you see, what are you going to have? You could see that there are people that certain evils are associated with. It's not every evil that is associated with somebody. You get it? Like, you say, your neighbor will say, e, or today, like, or concern. Something like concern, you find that it's an evil that is passed on. So you can easily trace. It's like, like, it's like if you follow concert, you can see in their genealogy is there. <laughs> see, oh yeah, you would think that, oh, of course, somebody can also acquire a new thing. That's how I explain that what is passed on as tendency, there's also what you acquire on your own. Do you understand that? Uh -huh. But a lot of time you find that even as children, as they are developing, this concert thing is there. Nobody teaches them, right? So you see children playing, he is concerned, he is a, a rebellious, he is so a, a foolish boy. <laughs> so, so oh, when you put children to I me, mean, I like to watch children. Because some of the children, it's easy to see their parents inside them. Right? Uh -huh. So you see the parents, they see the parents, they see the parents. 
some of them to you may not see the parents so clearly because the parent has the ability to mask their own so you won't see but it's the grandmother that on the they don't show power you see or some of them the parent has been able to kill it okay so the parent succeeded in battling that evil and so it's not with the parent do you get it but it's with the child you see so you trace it to grandmother or great great grandfather something so you see a child will come out and say he's or yeah you get to, you come out and we look at you it's not even your physical appearance but your mannerism you know great 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 grandfather been on yeah, and that's one of the things that people looked at and made them believe in reincarnation. No, reincarnation is not true. So if you, what about you? It's because tendencies are passed on. And so far as it's in the family tree, it surfaces. All right. Now, that's with evils. Okay. So then you have to check the evils that you are battling with. Some of you have addiction problems. Okay. And it's because of an evil tendency that was passed on. It's not just because you faced a difficult... When you deal with people, you realize that some evils that people deal with are more entrenched in them than some other evils that people do. Some evils, so when it is mentioned, say, oh, you walk away, you try to turn away, and but some evils, we have to bring microscope, you have to bring a test tube, burette and pipette, and... Proof to you in a very, it's like Charlie, it's very remote. When we say it before you say, like, What is this? What, what, what is but you have to break it down entire deep, deep, deep into your heart. And then one day you have an epiphany, right? Hey, this way I've been. You see, now those evils are not normal. Those evils are not normal. And normally those evils are passed on. Some of them. For example, your great-great-great-grandfather may be a Thai, right? But your father may end up being a politician. <laughs> so when we trace it in the... When we just look at it with our eyes, like, oh, this is a different... This, your great-great-great-grandfather, a Thai, the not respectable, right? But your father is politician. It's different, right? But when we look at the spirit, they are both thieves. Right, and they like to take what is for others and make it their own to the detriment of the others. Yeah, so at times you may inherit something that may not show itself in the way that the one that is passing it on to you did it, but the spirit of it is the same. Please, you understand that. That's why I was explaining to you that you shouldn't just go looking for people in your family, just look at what is in your own life, and then now begin to inquire from the Lord how you may deal with this thing. So these evils are present. So now this evil, okay, as it is inside the heart, okay, of a man, okay, every evil seeks to approximate itself. And last week I explained it. So whatever is inside seeks to come out. Every tree bears fruit, right? So whatever it is inside, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So whatever is inside seeks to bring itself out. So for instance, one suffered broken heart before. Okay, did you feel sick in your body? Yes. Meanwhile, it is not your body. Nobody beat your body, right? Even in this, your heart, nobody touched it. It's an emotional state, right? But this emotional state, because it is so intense, it has the ability to impress itself upon your body, right? So what is spiritual affect the body? And that is the origin of sickness. God didn't make sickness. Sickness is as a result of sin. But it is not that when you sin, then you fall sick. Because some people think so. So if you sin, oh, then you fall sick. No, 
sin has to be intensified in a person's life in a very strong way for it to manifest itself as a physical disease. So when Jesus came, he healed physical diseases, right? But those diseases he healed, they pointed to spiritual diseases. Did you see? So every physical disease has its corresponding spiritual disease. Amen. Okay. And then, aside the physical disease, there's also the mental illnesses. That also is as a result of sin. So sin produces mental states that are also diseases, but not necessarily in the body. All right. So when sin approximates itself, it approximates itself into the mental state and then from the mental state into the body. So when men started to walk away from God from the beginning, okay, and sin started to take root in our lives, then diseases also started to come about. And then certain ill mental state also started to come about. All right. But the point that I'm making is that when we see evil in the heart, okay, when we see evil in the heart, that evil is going to try to come out in the body. It may take a while. It may take generations. But if men propagate the same evil, there will be a generation that will come that that evil will manifest itself also in a particular state of mind, a mental state of mind. So that's where we have this bipolar thing. We have uh, schizophrenia. We have depression. We have transgender things, right? We have homosexual things. All these things are mental illnesses. Yes. I know that in our world now, they don't qualify as mental illnesses, okay? So some people may think it's not a mental illness, but according to what I see in the scriptures, it's a mental illness. But how is it that somebody can be born with such a tendency, right? And I'm saying that genealogy. So genuinely, people are born maybe having homosexual tendencies, right? It's not their fault. They didn't do anything. It's a tendency. Some of the tendencies can be so strong that when you are born, it is with you. The evil approximates itself into a mental state, right? And then it approximates itself into a bodily state. And that's where we have the diseases. Is that okay? Now, when it happens like that, it is woven into our DNA, okay? So physically, we have DNA, right? It's woven into our DNA. And when it is strong enough, okay, the presence of it is in your DNA to the point that it's not just a tendency. For instance, there are people that have a tendency to have cancer. And it's because of the genealogy, you get it. So if you take some wrong steps, the cancer will get you, you get it. But if you stay away from certain things, you are likely going to walk away. So if you know from your genealogy that cancer easily can step into your life, then you can know what to do, right? But the genealogy thing can be so strong on you, depending on how strong these things are, how strongly they were passed on. It can be so strong on you that even if you, eh, you stay away from the food that they say causes cancer, and you still get cancer. Please do you understand? That's the point that I'm making. So depending on its intensity, at times you find that the person does not need to take some steps to meet it. The person may just find himself in it. Now that is different from the evil itself. With evil, the, the tendency is there, but you have to rationalize it and then love it and then do it. But when it comes to its approximations into the lower levels of our minds, they become part of our bodily constitution. And depending on its intensity, you are like that. You are going to be like that already. Please understand that. So some people are born with a certain condition already. They didn't have to take some steps in order to meet that condition. They were born with it, and it's because of the level of intensity that the evil has approximated itself 
into the physical body. Please, do you understand that? So some people are already born with it like that. Some people, if you don't take care, like for example, maybe your parents had BP, heart issues, right? And then you start eating well from infants. If you eat well, uh, you are likely going to stay away, or maybe diabetes, right? But some people, even if you eat well, eh, you will still get high blood pressure. Yes. That's how come at times they argue that, like, even people are obese, right? They say it's not every obese person that eats plenty. At times it's like that. It's a medical condition, it's genetic. Do you get it? So this kind of state is passed on and it's so strong. This person inherited it so strongly that they don't need to meet it in any other way. It just happens. Please, does that make sense? And so that's the point that I'm making. At times it can be so strong, it will happen to you. You just fall into it. Amen. But the good thing about this is that it's not a kind of sentence that you can't do anything about. If you get to know it, you can do something about it. Because this bad state of mind and bad state of body, okay, is coming from evil. You get it. So in your own spiritual transformation, if you can have good grounded in your spiritual transformation, there is also a way to impress your own spiritual state upon your mental state and upon your bodily state. And that's where we have divine healing and all those things. Do you understand that? But if you don't know what you are dealing with, then you will think that it's a normal thing. Please you understand that? You think that it's a normal thing. Like, for instance, some of you, you are falling sick, small, small, right? You don't know that it's a spirit. You see, the spirit of infirmity. So if you don't stop it, you think that, oh, I can cope with two sicknesses, right? That's what you think. If it will remain just your ear and your eyes, okay? Like, we'll all be fine, right? So you know that oh, you can cope with it. You say on your problem. And if your ear pains you from time to time and your eye too pains you from time to time, who can survive this? You get it? But you find that if you don't stop it, very soon your nose will be paining you. Then your mouth will be paining you. Then your neck will be paining you. Then your leg will be paining you. By the time you are 40 years, every part of you is paining you. That's the point that I'm making. And it's because there's a spirit in the world that is propagating itself in a certain way. There's a spirit in world. If it's just your stomach that pains you from time to time, why not? Why would we waste our time? Do you see? But if your stomach is going to pain you, then afterwards you are going to have your lungs paining you, then your heart paining you, then your legs paining you, and then your brain also paining you. You see, no, I'm just trying to let you see something. That at times the enemy begins to manifest. And if you don't find that this is what is actually going on and begin to work against it, the enemy is not going to stop there. The enemy is not going to stop there. And some of you, your health conditions, it is in this state. It's not just something small that is worrying you. That one, there's no problem. But what is worrying you now, two years ago it was two, now it's four, right? Next year to be six. Then you have been capacitated. You cannot be useful to God in any way. So that's when you wake up. Because you know that there's something that is propagating this agenda in your own life. And a lot of the times, even though the attendant you went to pick it from somewhere or another, a lot of the times it is also through the genealogy. So now the evil tendencies, when we even acquire them, the way to give them up is through repentance, turning away from the evils and walking in righteousness. Do you understand that? That is what being born again is. That is what 
being regenerated is. So that part is obvious, and that's what we've been trying to pursue. You understand that? But a mental state can be obtained. An inclination to a certain mental state, okay, can be obtained by somebody, and it is not because they did any evil thing. Because if it is just because you did some evil thing, right, then when you stop that evil, it should go away. You understand that? But it's not because you did an evil thing. It's because it was passed on. Even though its root is still evil, it has approximated into the lower part of you so that now it is able to be passed on without you being actively involved in its passing on. Does it make sense? Like, you see, uh, this your nose that you have. You are not actively involved. You understand? It has been passed on, right? So that you don't decide, oh, let me do something so that the nose will come out better. That's how it's going. Yes, so whether you become a nice person, maybe your family put you a liar, so their noses were long. So if in your time you are no more a liar, right, you still have a long nose, but in the heart you are not a liar. But in the body there, the approximation has taken place. Now, if you want the fact that you are not a liar to reflect in your nose, you need to go to war. It can happen in your lifetime. If you live it naturally, it may happen in several generations. But in your lifetime, in your own life, if you want this long nose to go, you can go to war. You need spiritual insight. You need spiritual capacity from God to superimpose itself. Even though there's a devil, devils, they have ranks. So the devil that is in your heart responsible for the evils that you are in, it's not the same devil that is responsible for its mental manifestation. It's not the same devil that is responsible for its bodily manifestation. Do you get it? So at times you can deal with the spiritual one, but because of the way it was passed on, and it's not you, the mental manifestation demon will be there. And at times the bodily manifestation demon will be there. So some people are attacked on their body, not because they are attacked in their spirit. So that if you see somebody that's saying, you don't say, oh, you did something wrong. No, at times it was just passed on. And the devils are in rank, said that now because it is in the body, there's a different devil, but still in the same ranking, a different devil that is operating to bring a certain manifestation in the body or a certain manifestation in the state of mind. So now if your spiritual condition, your spiritual health is good, now you can go to war on those devils that are making you prone to a certain mental state. Do you get it? You can go to war on those devils that are making you prone to a certain physical condition. Now, that becomes a deliberate war. Now, once it becomes deliberate, you shorten the time. If you allow it to happen normally, it may change later, later, later. But if you make it intentional, you shorten the time frame within which such spiritual presence is brought into effect in your body to deal with the bodily defect and then the mental defect. Is that okay? See, when we're in SHS, there was this guy that went to smoke weed. Do you get it? Now, when he smoked the weed, he became mad. Do you see? I don't know if it was, but it wasn't over many years. Just when he fell into that, he became mad. He started manifesting, right? Now, the question is, how many people are smoking weed? Plenty. How many of them get mad? So weed does not necessarily make people mad. See, but where you are coming from, no? do you see? That's the point. Where you are coming from, no? there's a certain mental condition that you are prone to. Do you understand that? So if you begin to expose yourself to the sleeping devil 
will rise up and take advantage of this and you turn into something. How many people did you know when you were in SS who were smoking weed? Plenty, like, how many of them became Some of them are respectable lawyers now. Respect <laughs> yes. You see, like somebody can take a, please don't smoke weed, okay? Before, somebody can smoke weed and put it down and never touch it again. Do you understand that? But you, if you do, when you sleep, it will be on your mind that when you wake up, you take it again. When you wake up, you take it. You, only you. Please, do you understand that? I'm saying something is following you. That's why you are not the same. So if you look at somebody and say, oh, what you are doing, let me also do some, right? That's why I suspend to you with the abortion thing. They are following you in your house concerning childbirth. Not in your like some witches there, no. In your genealogy, they give birth to two, one, two, one, one, zero, 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 two, one. Like it's a binary. <laughs> you see, so you are a young lady, you are aborting now, right? The devil will take advantage. So about about people, I know this person who did the abortion 10 times and still went on to have three children. And she even had to do birth control. Otherwise, the children are going to become many. I know this other person who also did this. I also know this other person who did this. That's how come at times we wonder, yes, why is it that this person, why is that me? Why is it that? It's because something is following you from where you are coming from. And that's what you must appreciate. So when you see these tendencies, if you are prone to depression already, right, and you see it, but you want to enter alcohol things, right? You want to be taking alcohol, and then you want to be, how do you call it? Abusing small, small painkillers, or abuse cough mixture. You took one and it was, you liked the way you felt. It made you calm down and you slept. You get it. But you have depression issues. You get it. You may also see someone that would just drink some, right? And then the person will be fine. You get it. But no possibility of addiction, nothing. But you, you see, something is following you. But this is a mental state thing. Something is following you. So you don't give yourself. It's like you know your demon, right? You don't feed that demon. You don't. Just like in the spiritual sense, the tendencies are there, but you don't give yourself by confirming it and living your life according to it, rationalizing it yourself. You don't give yourself. In the same way, these mental state tendencies are also there. Some of them, when you are born, it will be there because it is so strong. So it's no more a choice and what you will do that will allow you to enter it. And I'm saying that some of these transgender people, homosexual people, a lot of their problem is coming from there. Hallelujah. So that way there's a bit of sympathy, right? Because, oh, you didn't go and acquire it, right? There's a bit of sympathy. But it becomes different when you then go on to say, that, oh, then it's a good thing. No, anything you are born with, it doesn't mean it's good. Though. We have things in our life that when we are born with it, we change it. So how do you confirm that something is good because you are born with it? Hallelujah. And it even becomes different when you are able to see how we can pass bad things on from generation to generation. I can pass things on from generation to generation. Some years ago, there was this guy that used to come here. When we started praying, when we started praying, as we were praying as a church, we were talking about spiritual things and being affected by spiritual things. I think that we were talking about spiritual sphere and all that. Now, this guy went to his social and started seeing things 
and some angel or something is talking to him and he started acting weird. This thing, I know where it is coming from. If I don't stop this thing now, it will seem as though the word of God is what led this guy to this point. But this guy is abusing the word of God in a certain way. See, we don't seek to experience spiritual things for its sake. It must be because of a change of heart. Okay, so if, if you want to know the Lord in the spirit, you don't know the Lord in the spirit by just, ah, Lord, I want to know you. Any condition of heart is permissible. No, that way you may make contact with devils and you call it God. Like there are people that dream and the devil speak to them and when they wake up, they say it's God that spoke to them. But whatever the devil spoke to them, it agreed with their evil condition. And because it agreed with them, they liked it and they concluded that it is God that is talking to them. Hallelujah. Please you understand that? Yeah, so if your heart is pure, then your spiritual experience will be pure. So this guy was having some experience. So I went and told him, I know. This is not God. What I experience is not God. Please. I think he became offended. Right. But, and you know what happened? As I stepped in that way, that thing ended. He stopped going along that path. It was exposed. But what if we had allowed it to continue? Now, this person, if you observe him clearly, you see that he has a certain tendency to fall away in the mental state. So the devils took advantage of it. Hallelujah. The devils took advantage of it. See, these things are so important that when they want to choose a fetish priest, they choose a fetish priest according to lineage. They don't just choose. Because in the line, some things can be activated. So when the fetish priest is chosen according to a certain line, in the preparation, the fetish priest can be taken through certain things to quicken certain capacities that are hidden in the blah, blah. Now we say capacities because we don't know what is behind it. But now that we know, you know, is to quicken certain demonic influences. So maybe they will cut here, they will cut here, they will let him do this, they will let him do that. And it's to now begin to expose himself to those things that are in the genealogy. Please, does that make sense to you? So it's important to understand this. So then you know, like last week I spoke about how some of you are going to have a bad marriage, right? Because in your genealogy, that is what normally happens. And it will not manifest itself by you standing somewhere and saying, ah, I need a bad husband or I need a bad wife. Please, if you are bad, come, I'll take you. No, that's not what will happen. It will be in your normal behavior. I think you realize that you have a certain taste for certain kinds of women. You have a certain taste for certain kinds of men. And then you even be looking at the relationship of your parents, right? Oh, my parents, their relationship was very bad. So I'm going to have a better one. Yet, but you choose a wife like your mother. And you become a husband like your father. Then we continue, right? Yeah. So you think that, oh, it's just you trying to make a good choice. You don't know that there's something following. And when it is following, it's a certain tendency. You are more inclined. It's a proclivity to something. You see, you are more inclined towards a certain kind of life. So then it will influence your choice. It will influence your choice. It will influence your choice. And by the time you realize, it is like that. Now, when you see it, that this is the tendency, that is when you are more careful. Do you get it? So it's like the enemy can rule in your life so far as you don't realize that you are battling something stronger than just a problem that you are facing as a person. Do you get it? You rise in a certain way. It's not rising. You get to you realize that it's not rising. You see, 
you put in effort. It's like for last week I explained that. It's like it's coming to work, then it doesn't work. It's coming to work, then it doesn't work. It's coming to work, then it doesn't work. Maybe you think you need more luck, right? But the way it is happening, especially when you check right behind you, those that you are coming after, it was also like that. Some people, they have very strong potential when they are growing and everybody agrees that they have strong potential. And then as they get to a certain point, they plateau and they begin to dip. So from a certain age, they are okay. Then when they get to a certain point, what is expected of them, what they must become, they don't become that way. So they dip. You get it. And you check and your father too was like that, right? And your great-grandfather too was like that. You think that, oh, okay, you are dealing with just a simple thing of life not being lucky. No. It's not also just like, oh, the enemy just makes things not work for you. You find that there's a certain tendency that you have. There's a certain tendency to make the choice that will not work. And before you make that choice, some things will go on inside you. Maybe a certain greed will enter you. You get it. A certain greed will enter you. And that greed will make you now go for a certain choice. And that choice will not work. Meanwhile, if you had just kept calm and not been greedy, you would have gone for the other choice and other things would have worked from there. Do you understand that? So if you also don't inquire from the Lord well, you may just conclude, oh, maybe uh, right? But if you just open up to the Lord a bit more, you may see why it is not working. Because it is the why we want to know. When we see the repetition, we want to know what is behind the repetition. When we see the cycle, we want to know what is behind the cycle. When we see the tendency, we want to know why the tendency is so. It's not just the tendency we must see. What is driving that tendency? That's what we also want to see. Hallelujah. Please you understand that? Yeah. Like some of you, you didn't like your father. And you realize that it was because of his kind of parenting, right? That's why he drove all of you away. So if you didn't like your mother, right? And you realize that it's because of her kind of parenting. So he drove all the children away. You get it? So now you have set out not to be like your father, but you'll be like your father. You have set out not to be like your mother. You'll be like your mother. Yes. Because it's not just a kind of parenting. There's a certain spiritual condition that your father has. There's a certain state of mind that your father has. There's a certain spiritual condition that your mother has that you also have it as a tendency. Do you get it? Like, at times, the condition may be that you can't stand to be challenged. Right? So you are too proud. You see, so your father's unwillingness to cooperate with the children and to be calm and to reason with the children, it's not just that on personal be reason. It's just the feeling that if you ask questions and you try to disagree, it's a sign that you are disrespecting him. And he's too proud to allow that to happen. You get it? So as you set out that you are going to be liberal because you didn't understand, right? You are going to be liberal with your children because you thought that your father was just not liberal with you. You are missing it. And you find that you translate your father's evil into another kind. Because it is still your own pride because you are trying to get your children to love you. Hallelujah. It's still the same pride. You are trying to get your children to love you. Or you may even find that the same strictness that your father has, that you are calling it strictness. Do you get it? You have the same thing. So your children too, if you don't take care, you'll be... <laughs> and they also run away from So when you are grown, you realize that what you try to walk away from is what you have become. So it's not, we don't just say, oh, let me walk away from it. No, you need to get to know what is behind, like what is really driving it. And that is what you fight. That's what you fight. 
The last week I spoke about something like asthmatic attack and how it's associated with anxiety, right? But if this anxiety can continue in generation after generation, it just becomes a bodily defect. So you may also not suffer from anxiety, right? But it may happen to you. Please, you understand that? Yeah. But if you also let anxiety take hold of you, you'll find that it is connected. You get it? So at times when you are casting out the devil that is behind this asthmatic thing, you may have to then deal with the spirit that is also causing anxiety. Do you understand that? Yeah. So these things happen. But if we don't descend to know what we are dealing with, it will become like that. It will remain. We may even know that this is our problem, right? But we'll never get rid of it. You see, some people, they are shy. They panic. I told you I had some friends in my class, Akito. We call them deaf and dumb, right? They are very normal people in class, right? But when they do their work and they come and piece the work, they say, defend the work. Defend the work. They can't talk. It's not like they don't want to talk. Something grips them, right? They were three or so. And they always work together. In something like this, yes, something like this, one of the ways to break it eh, is to change. You see, but you see, you've gathered yourself into a company. So the spiritual sphere is the same thing, right? You may have to change friends, link yourself to somebody that, Charlie, they did not say you should even speak, they're speaking, right? So that you can get some influence. Actually, association. Some of you, that's what will happen. When you begin to inquire of the Lord, some of these things you are battling with, it's association. The answer that the Lord will give you as in the beginning of the solution, because at times it's not just one thing, but the beginning of the solution will be association. Change your association. Get connected and you find that the connection, the one that you have to go and associate yourself to, you are too proud to want to go and do that, right? So then what will you do? You die. You see? So at times it can just be association. But somehow, when devils attack people, they like to join themselves together. So, echo, 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 echo. I'm not saying echo like men's fellowship, no, like groups, people that form themselves into groups. You find the same devil is ruling. 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 Because you can't stay there when the sphere is against your sphere. So, you move away. But they normally agree. So these people were together all the time. They actually, even in class, they sat around the same area. That's why we could give them the same name. Because like, they're like, it's a group. You get it? Yeah. You see? So something like this, you know that, no. You don't just say, oh, me, I just panic. No, the day that you have to speak to save your life, that's when you see that the enemy has done you bad, right? Or the day that you have to speak to break through, right? Something must come out of your mouth. You see, that's when you know that the earlier ones, the enemy was just practicing with you. What the enemy was gunning for is this breakthrough one, the one that will open. Well, maybe it's just a financial door that actually will change many things for you and your family, your descendants, everything will change. But you'll be preserving yourself at the back of the crowd because you feel like if you show up, right, the attention and the, the pressure. So you want to hide. Meanwhile, the one that is there, if you should appear, they will pick you and your life will change. So me, that I'm an introvert. It's a trap. What is an introvert when you can't become an extrovert when it is needed? So all the blessings that extrovert are, you won't get some. <laughs> you won't get some. 
You so at times you find that some of these things, maybe when they are with you, it's not even a big deal, right? But the enemy is not after the small one. You are planning when you are 43, something will be there. And this thing that you are allowing to persist, that's what the enemy is looking for. It will shut many things down for you. And at that time, to be so strong that you can't even help it. If you have anger issues, right? You'll be destroying many things in your life. Now, the ones you destroy are just friendships, little, little friendships, right? Don't worry. If you let this persist, you'll be destroying greater things. You're destroying greater things. And the enemy is after the greater things. So if you have pride issues, you'll be walking away from what will literally save your life because you can't submit yourself to it. But the enemy is preparing for that one. It's not just these little, little pride issues that happen. No, it's the big one, the one that will save your life. If you just humbled yourself and listened and you allowed yourself to be taught, you allowed yourself to come under somebody to help you, if only you do that, like you'll be fine. See? But you won't do it. So at times you see that in the material, even material life, things don't go well. And you see it in your family. Things don't go well. And you want to say that, oh, yeah, your business ain't working. Your business ain't working, right? But I'm also saying that at times there's a reason for it. And that reason is what was passed on. So it's not necessarily the business that is not working. Do you get it? It's the way you are that has been passed on. The way you keep yourself, the way you do yourself, that's is so much with you that you don't want to let go, okay? And the enemy has hidden in you as though it's a friend. See, that one is what is actually working against you. There are some women that complain that it's only bad men that come into their lives, right? You can't tell me that, okay, then the next one will be a good man. Uh, that's what you want to say. Like, one, two, three, four, five, six... Right, but you want to still believe like you are very positive minded. You are the epitome of positive mindedness, right? Oh, you have to start looking at the thing more carefully. Why is it that it's bad? At least I should attack next champion. Good, bad, good, bad, like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. But you there, bad, 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 bad. The good one that you get close to doesn't like you, right? Then the bad ones like you are. Then the good one that you see that this good you go doesn't like you. Then bad ones like you. No, that's a problem. And I'm saying that, yes, you may have to pray that God let good people come into my life. But I'm saying that at times there's a behavior that has become your condition. There's an approach that has become your condition. There's a mental state that has become your condition. There's a spiritual state that is your condition, right? That is making you attract those people. Some of you, when you dress, you can't dress modestly, right? And it's chronic. And you think that, what is wrong with it? What is wrong with it? What is wrong with it? But you don't know that there's something, there's a spirit that is operating with you. And it's not just that the spirit wants to make you, who says that today they are going to go bare-chested? Which woman decides that, right? But somehow, when you finish, that's how you are, right? It means that something, something is behind. Maybe there's a certain low self-esteem that has become chronic. You always have to give more than is necessary to get some respect. And you think that that respect is 
in when people appreciate your body. So like even for you to be appreciated and loved, you feel like you have to give more. You have to show more. You have to, if we all cover and show our faces, you have to show your neck and your, you, see, you have to, why? There's a certain state of mind that you are in and it's not normal. It's not normal. That's why it seems okay that you go along that path. It's not normal. Hallelujah. So my message has to do with we recognizing what is not normal. Do you get it? And understanding that even though it is not in all cases, in some of the cases, what's not normal that is repeating itself in our life, it is genetic. It is from the evil that are passed on. It is generational. Please you understand that? If we understand that it is generational, then we begin to inquire of the Lord. But that's where we start from. When you have not understood that this is a problem that is persisting with you, why would you inquire of the Lord? And in God's kingdom, if you don't pursue for anything, you won't get it. So even your freedom from this cycle, your freedom from this repetitive thing, if you don't push after it with everything that is inside you, you will not get it. Because in God's kingdom, we obtain according to affection, our state of heart. We obtain according to desire. It is our desire that allows us to take hold of something. So if you want to take hold of freedom that is reserved for you in Christ, it is not obtained by saying that it will come. Oh, it will come. No. You have to go all out for it. So that's how come it's always as though God there, eh, he has seen your trouble. He has seen what is passed on to you. He has seen all this. But why hasn't he done anything about it? Because it is not God. Left to God, he will remove every obstacle from your way. He will help you in every way possible. But the problem is that God cannot help a man beyond what it is that his heart is set upon. So except you set your heart on becoming free, except you set your heart on breaking the cycle, except you set your heart on removing that mental state, except you set your heart on removing that bodily condition, you cannot break free. Setting your heart on it is what begins the journey of freedom. Hallelujah. And the help that God offers you is that he helps you to see that this is a problem. And at times when you are still not sure, he helps you to see that if you don't stop it, it will turn into something else. So God gives you the awareness that this is a problem. And this meeting is to help with that awareness. So for instance, as I'm speaking to you, the expectation is that if there are things like that plaguing you through the word of God that is coming, God is also addressing those things to you personally. So you are not hearing me in that generic way. You should be hearing me in that specific thing concerning yourself, concerning whoever you deal with, so that you will know that, no, this thing is what I must rise up against. But if you walk out of here in a passive way, right, that, oh, it will resolve itself. Your ancestors did not resolve it. If it could resolve itself, it would not be passed on to you. Then it should have resolved. Somebody must rise up and say that it will end with me. Somebody must rise up that I will not be the next propagating point of this thing. I will not propagate this thing. I will not allow this thing to continue. Hallelujah. And that desire is key. Because it's that desire that the Bible said, true desire, a man having separated himself, intermeddled with all wisdom. Because it will take wisdom to bring the deliverance, but the desire which will bring the separation, the seeking after, the desire to understand, the desire to appreciate what is going on, that is what begins it. 
That's what begins it. Instead of you, the Lord is showing you that even though it has been with you for a long time, it's not normal. And that probably he's showing you what it has destroyed so far to help you appreciate how serious this thing is. To help you appreciate how serious this thing is. I'll tell you, you don't need to look far. You can see what is being propagated in you. You can see it. You can see it. Hallelujah. You can see it. You see, everybody like this anxiety and panic attack and shyness. Who doesn't get shy? Everybody gets shy, right? But you said there's a shyness that is crippling. Do you understand that? I'm saying that there are demons involved. Do you get it? Yeah. There are demons involved. Sometimes, like I said, it was passed on. Sometimes, maybe through some traumatic experience, still guarded the demon. That's there. But there are demons involved. Because that's not how a man should behave. That's not how a human being should be. Hallelujah. So it's for us to now open our eyes and to desire to go to every length. You see how those days, they say, what is happening in our family? Then, listen, waiting, waiting, like, we've gone everywhere trying to look for answers, right? Now, you think, oh, that's not good. That's not good when you are chasing these idols and things, right? But with God, you have to chill in the spirit, searching for God, inquiring. It's about inquiring and finding answers. And you don't stop searching till you have found an answer. Because it is that answer that will begin the salvation. It is that answer that will begin the change. Without that answer, you may just see a pattern, but you don't know what to deal with. Hallelujah. You may just see a pattern, but you don't know what to deal with. At times, you may even see the pattern, but you may misconstrue what the trigger is in your own life. You may misconstrue what the trigger is. So you may think, oh, this is the problem. But what is really inside you, that when you change or when you shift from this thing will change. At times, if you want to say, Lord, deliver me, deliver me, right? But how will you even say it? Deliver me from what? Because at times, it is in a certain mental state. It's in a certain spiritual state. Then when you say, Lord, deliver me, you know, you know, you know that this Lord deliver me, it has gone to heaven. Like this Lord deliver me, it's not just a statement. There's something. And when you finish, you know that you are free. Like there are people that say that I was delivered when I was prayed for and I stopped masturbation, right? Yes. It's not because you stop evil by being prayed for. No evil is stopped by being prayed for. You have to turn away from it. But you see, in this particular case, the demonic presence, okay, was so strong that the person did not have strength to walk away. Do you get it? So the deliverance is what allowed for the person to walk away. Do you understand that? But you still have to walk away. You still have to walk away. And it's even worse if that kind of masturbation is passed on. You know, it can be passed on. Yeah. So you, as you're a child, as you're growing up, and you're, you see, in the line is there someone, there's a spirit that acts that way. You see? So 
such a person, according to the nature of it, when that deliverance happens, you feel that the weight is lifted. Now they can go on to fight masturbation like any other human being fights it. Hallelujah. So it also means that at times you are dealing with people and you think that, oh, it's just overcoming, right? But there are other things involved. At times, some people can be in the presence of the word of God. Uh, but when they go, they say they are drawn by a power that they cannot explain. It's not just that they love the evil. But this, their love for the evil is steeped in something greater than the usual person loving that particular evil. There's a spirit involved. And a lot of the times, that evil was passed on. That evil was passed on. And like I said, I've realized that when it comes to spiritual things, if you don't get up and you don't fight back, God can tell you things, right? But if you don't go searching, you won't hear anything. So you can know the details of your state and what it is that is going on. But if you don't give yourself to searching and to seeking to understand what is going on, and that's why some of you have to enter fasting, you have to enter deep prayer. You see, we are not playing. Because in a certain state, that's why I was telling you, that there's a certain spiritual state that what is wrong with you will now show. In some states, what is wrong with you, you don't even know. You know there's something wrong with you, but specifically what, you don't know. When someone was sharing a testimony with me, she was praying, she, was, she prayed so hard, and then she realized that, like, as she was in the spirit, there's a ring on her finger, right? Now, how do you know that there's a ring on your finger in the natural? Because she was walking there, no ring, she's fine. But as she was seeking God, now she, God showed her what is wrong with her. My point is that if you don't seek God this way, eh, then you'll be walking there and you are in chains, right? But you will know. That's my point. That's how spiritual things are. It's not because God says, look at you, I'm just watching you. Like, continue being in your chains. No. It's because even if you will see, it is true desire that you will see. And that desire is actually generated through hard pursuits, not allowing anything to stop you. So for some of you, you must make up your mind that this thing, you are going to fight it. You are going to search for it. And when you say you are going to search for it, you are not even sure whether you will know what you need to know, right? It's okay, but you will die searching for it. Hallelujah. You are not going to say that because you don't know whether you will know what you need to know, then you are not going to search for it. No, you are going to die searching for it. You're going to die searching for it. You're going to die searching for it. You're going to die searching for it. One day the Lord told me, you see, if you have been here, you know that we don't fear things that happen to us in the body, right? Even if it's one leg, we'll enter the kingdom of God with one leg. Like, you see, I've been talking to Pastor Jonathan in a car about this. Like, at times, you can so be like Charlie, Fearless, Charlie, the enemy should do his worst, right? And in that context, something that you could also stop, you won't stop it. Do you get it? And those things will end up turning around to come and stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Do you get it? But you can bear all things. We are not going to let sickness stop us, right? We are not going to let the lack of money stop us. But this is your lack of money. Do you understand that? You could also stop it. You don't create for yourself the altar upon which you die. That altar presents itself. 
So you don't have to create poverty for yourself. Then you turn around to see that we don't serve money. You understand that? Because you not serving money itself is a spiritual condition that you must be in. It doesn't mean that you must be poor. So if poverty seems to be repeating itself in your life, it is something that you must see as an important thing to stop. Because it's the work of the enemy. It is an enemy that has done this. So the Lord told me that, like, you see, this thing that you feel in your body, you think you can be fine, right? You can bear it, right? And this other thing you feel in your body, you think you can be fine, you can bear it. But then this is not where the enemy is stopping. That's when I woke up. Like, that's when I woke up from the dream home. Because, you see, this thing can charge you, right? Because, oh, no. With the move, right? But if you know that, hey, so what else is the enemy bringing? That will eventually stop you, right? So no, we have to fight back. So we are not just fighting back because we can't bear the headache. It's because if we allow this headache, the enemy will bring a toothache. Your cheek will be like this. You can't do anything. Then all your desires will be stuck with you inside. You see, and some of us, that's how we are. The enemy is propagating small, small his works in our lives. But where it is now, you can rise like Samson, right? I will rise and Charlie fight. But when the enemy is done, when you rise, it doesn't rise. When you rise, it doesn't rise. And it's because the enemy has done more. So then you rise. And stop it now. If it's just that thing that is plaguing you, you feel like you can still do everything and it won't stop you. But what if the enemy propagates it into something? And the enemy, if you give him an inch, you take right a mile. You go like that. So when the Lord showed me, I said, okay, now we fight. You understand that? We fight. We fight. And that's what I want you to also have. I don't know what it is that you have to say to yourself that we fight. And that we are not going to let this thing prevail. So when you begin to know that the enemy is behind it, it makes the thing different to you. It makes you see that no, you have to fight. That's why the enemy wants to hide. See, that's why the enemy wants to hide. That's why the enemy wants to hide. When you see, you realize that no, you have to fight. And it is that desire to fight that the Lord wants to minister to you. And I pray that it has been ministered. The desire to fight. Because in that desire, you begin to inquire. Now that inquiry thing is important. That inquiry. You begin to inquire of the Lord. Hallelujah. You begin to commit yourself to praying. And your praying becomes the prayer of inquiry. When you are there in your mind. When you are there working about doing things in your life. Your mind will be opened. Hallelujah. You see... Who knows a magnetic object? What's the definition of a magnetic object? It's easily attracted by magnetic. So when there's a magnetic field, right? Now, you know, you can't see a magnetic field, even though you drew it. You can't see it, right? Uh -huh. So now, when there's a magnetic field and that magnetic object is within the field, the field is able to affect it, right? Now, the thing about a magnetic object is that it is a magnetic object because it is passive enough let me explain to you passivity. Okay. Passive is when equal and opposite 
forces act. Okay. It keeps that object in a passive state. It means that any force that is applied to that object, that is adequate. That object will move in the direction of the force. You get it? An object, when it is not in a passive state, it means that another force is pushing it. You get it? So, for example, we say this is in a passive state. A passive state can be a stationary state. When we look at things from the physical as we see it, okay, can be a stationary state. So this is a passive state. Now, if I apply a force to go this way, right? But at times, what looks passive is not necessarily passive. Because at times, I can be looking at it from there, and I think it's passive. But so you are behind it, pushing it from here. You get it. Uh -huh. So as I push, it doesn't move because it's not in a passive state. So a passive state is a state where an influence can have effect on a thing. So if a thing is in a state where an external influence can affect it, it is in a passive state. So now that magnetic object is a magnetic object because as to magnetism, it is in a passive state. Please understand that. It allows for the magnetic influence to affect it. Please understand that. Uh -huh. So, and that's the state that our mind must enter into. That's our spirit must enter into for God to affect us. You understand that? For God to affect us, we must enter this spiritually passive state. Now, a passive state can also be described as a state that is ready to consume what is coming. And that's the same thing. It means that the magnet is ready to accept. Yeah, so it's in that state of so once the thing drops, it takes it. Do you understand that? So now that's also a passive state. Okay. So now that state, if we are in, it means that there's no contradictory force. We are open to the force that is about to come from God. We are open to the influence that is about to come from God. Please understand that. It's normally a certain mental state where nothing is fighting you. Nothing is being raised in your mind against what God is about to do. What ifs have been silenced? Uh, what about this has been silenced? So you have risen. That's what we mean. Let's zoom into the spirit. When you get into that state, you are in that passive state. In that passive state, the voice of God is coming. You understand that? When the voice of God comes, you grasp it. Now, this passive state is what this effort that we put in to be delivered brings us into. It's what the effort of prayer brings us into. So when we pray to God, seeking God, seeking God, seeking God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. All that we do is that we come into this passive state so that we become subject to the influence that is coming from God. Before we got into that state, we were in a state where God could influence us. That's why if God can't talk to you, it's not because God is not talking. It's because you can't hear. Do you get it? It's because you can't hear. So when you move away from the state where you can't hear to the state where you can't hear, now you enter a passive state in relation to God. So when God speaks, there's no contradictory voice. Do you understand that? So you're able to pick the voice of God as it comes. Now, this passive state is a necessary state. When you are being prayed for, the key thing to receive the impartation that is coming is to be in that passive state. That's why for a proper impartation to happen, we pray, we pray, we pray, because we want to get into some point. That's how come even those that are here, we are praying, but you are not really engaging yourself in prayer, right? When you are praying for nothing will happen, because you are not in that passive state. Other forces are still relevant as the force of God is coming. So the force of God is restrained. But if you get into that passive state, spiritually, it's like you become susceptible 
to the spiritual influence, you are able to receive the impartation. It's the same thing when you are being prayed for to be healed. You get it. It's the same thing when you are being prayed for to be healed. Even, for example, if you are not strong, okay, like if you feel overwhelmed with life, you get it. You can be imparted with a strength that will remove that sense of being overwhelmed. But you need to enter into that passive state that is able to receive that impartation. Now, I'm teaching this briefly because then it will help you then know how to receive from God. Do you get it? As you inquire of the Lord, what is going on? If you remain in this giddy-giddy realm, okay, this material, noisy realm, you will not be in a passive state. That's why at times you may have to keep praying and praying and keep inquiring, keep inquiring. Your desire is driving you into that passive state where God can influence you. So those of you who like to do spiritual things only small, you're born by two minutes. <laughs> you, know, you, you have no spiritual experience and you know it. All you know is in the material. You know. Because you are not in that passive state to have that influence exerted upon you. In that passive state, that devil can show up. So you can actually see that devil that is bothering you. Not necessarily a picture of it, but to know that this is it and this is where it is. In that passage, a voice from God can come to you that when you speak that voice, it will thunder against that devil. It will not just be, oh, go and go and That's when you say, go, it sounds like the devil, oh, please go, okay? There's a spirit. In that passage, there's a spirit that will come upon you. Then when you say go, it's not go, it's this. Then you throw the devil away. It's not go, it's like the devil should go, right? No, there's a go that is like I've removed you. But you have to be in that state to have. And some of you, what is wrong with you? You must utter certain commands. But those commands cannot be done in the flesh. Because in the flesh means that they are your own self-generated command. But in that spiritual state, when that voice of God, that impression comes upon you to speak this way. And when it comes, speak exactly that way. Don't embellish it. So if it's two words, say those two words and leave it. Don't say, oh, but then the enemy will not know that it's the one that I'm addressing. So let me add, like some of you are talking to God, you say that God doesn't really know that problem well. You have to describe it well, right? No. God doesn't need to know your problem. He knows your heart. If your heart is set on him right, he can help you because the problem he knows already before you spoke. You see? So that passive state is necessary. You fight to get there. You fight together. If you make spiritual practice your everyday experience, you find that generally in your life, you'll be in that passive state. So anything, God is able to crash your gate with something. Right? You just need to do this. Somebody said it takes seven seconds to zoom into the spirit. You see, now those seven seconds, it is possible only if you have this all the time approach of seeking the Lord. And I think it's better that way. So mean that if you are like that, if anything, just do to, then something happens. I mean, don't count anyway, but my point is, it doesn't take that long. But if you don't engage this way, it may take long. Sometimes your problem cannot be solved by a command, but how will you know? How will you know it cannot be solved by a declaration? But at guess what you think? We must pray about it, ah, then it will go away. No. At times, your problem must be solved by a change in behavior. Right? Yeah. 
So how will you know? In that passive state, you know. You see, that behavior will come and stand before you big as your problem. It's as if everything will vanish and that is what you are seeing. That this is my problem. And you know that you can't command it to die. But when God shows you a problem in prayer, you think that the next step is that the problem must be removed. The problem must be removed. No. The next step may be that, God, how do I remove this problem? Because it's not you saying that it must be removed. That is moved. Maybe at times you have to go and do something. You have to take a step. You have to break away from something that you are up to. Because that becomes a reinforcement that the enemy has. It's like a back door. All things must be done. But it starts with you saying that, child, this thing cannot be allowed to repeat itself. The beautiful thing about it is that the effort that is required to break away from one thing, it will not be the same to break away from the next. Because in the first attempt to break away, God will train you. So it will be easier with the next one. But even if it is difficult, who cares? We have seen the enemy now, right? Somebody said they were preaching at a crusade. In that crusade, because they dealt with the fetish priest, right, in the town, when the people came for the crusade, the people, like, nobody was preaching them. Cripples were walking. You get it? So you think that the person is a cripple because the bones are weak, right? You see, but when the fetish priest was dealt with, at the meeting, nobody said, rise up and walk with the cripples started walking, right? Then the witches in the this thing started having a problem. So now in the preaching, they were called out. Then they started running away. So they mm-hmm. ran away from the so that they came to the meeting. See, look, so the witches came to the crusade. Why would the witch come to the crusade? Because it's not anybody that stands and says, Jesus is Lord that can do anything. Yes. So they came. Now the witches started running away. So he said, that's the part I'm sharing with you. He said, they put down their Bibles on the pulpit and they ran after them. <laughs> this year. So they pursued them. He said, that day, everything ended around 3 a.m. <laughs> that's the mentality that I want you to have. Everything ended around 3 a.m. So the devils ran away, they chased them. And that's the mentality that you must have. The devils ran away and they chased them. And then some of you, maybe the enemy is negotiating with you that, look, this is just a small thing. Right? There's also this, also that was at a crusade. He said, as he was preaching, right, he had entered the armor. He said, if you are a witch, stand up. Right? And then, pa, 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 they got up. Hey! <laughs> See, you would think that, oh, they should coerce them. Oh, if you are a witch, Jesus will deliver you, bring you. No, he said, if you are a witch, get up! Pa, 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 they got up. Then as he was about, so it means that as they've owned up, like, he's going to deal with them right, and pray for them and cast out them. Then he heard the voice that, if you leave my people alone, I will also leave you alone. So he said, okay, you are delivered, you are delivered, you are delivered. You see, there's a certain way that when you care for people, you know that 
Time is gone. We just finished. They say, you are delivered, you are delivered, you are delivered. The witches went. So he thought that there's been a negotiation. And so the devil or whoever, that demon that spoke him, will leave me alone. So on his way from that crusade, did he have an accident or something? So he said, that's when I realized that you cannot negotiate with the devil. You see, some of you, maybe that's what you are doing, negotiating. Oh, it's nothing. It's not anything. You can hide it. It will not destroy anything. Let it remain. Don't touch it. No. What I found is that, you see that feeling that wants you to fight the enemy? You don't have that feeling all the time. So when it comes, utilize it. You don't have that feeling all the time. That viciousness that you, you, you bore, right? You don't have it all the time. It is God that puts it inside you. So when God brings it, don't let the enemy begin to negotiate with you by pointing out a few things with you that no, no, no. Just, what he's saying is not part of this. Meanwhile, you take every box, right? But the enemy is saying, you are not part. If I were, you are just subject myself. If I'm not part, what is the problem? Right? Yeah, if I'm not part, no problem. But if I'm part, so why would you accept an argument that you are not part, so don't really immerse yourself? Why do you accept that argument? Is the devil trying to negotiate with you? I want this to begin something, because we are trying to get ourselves into a certain appreciation of things. Please understand that. So it shouldn't end here. I believe the Lord will help us.